This is the MyMac Podcasting Network. Oh, what was that? Tim, did you see that flash? No, what flash? That, that flash just said. No, no, David. Flash is gone. Hi, I'm Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen. Hello, David. Good afternoon. So it's time to record another tech fan. And uh, you know what? Say something again, because it looked like your mic was a little low recording here. Hello. Yeah, it's not too bad. I'm going to kick you up just a, just a little bit so the listeners absolutely, positively can hear you, which is kind of important on an audio show, I think. It, I, I think it's the uh, it's probably our first duty. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I know you live in the UK. I live in um, the United States. Where I live, we have about two inches of snow on the ground, and it's not even the halfway point in November. This obviously won't last, but wow, already? Really? It's, whew. We'll get you that Christmas mood nice and early. It kind of did a little bit, you know? Um, I'm doing something different this year. I have uh, a not insignificant amount of money sitting in my PayPal account cool. from various illegal drug transactions. and Or, I mean, um, no, uh, <laughs> it's not a huge amount, but it's, it's, it's like $1,000, which, right. yeah, you know, for some people, that's a lot of money. But, you know, for me, it's like, well, actually, it's a lot of money for me, too. 1000 bucks is 1000 yeah. bucks. So I, Julie and I have been talking, and we've decided that instead of doing the whole, you know, you watch the kids while I go Christmas shopping and, you know, that kind of thing, we're only going to shop with merchants online who accept PayPal. And we're going to use that $1,000 for Christmas shopping. Well, like minus about 100, eh, 120 of it that I already used to pay for the website and the podcasting stuff. Uh, this month, but regardless, you know, around a thousand bucks, that's what we're going to use for our Christmas shopping. And, uh, I am quite amazed, David, if you go to, uh, PayPal, it has this merchant thing and it's the merchants that accept PayPal. Yeah. About the only one big one anyways, that really doesn't is Amazon. You can go to target or Toys R Us and just a whole bunch of them. They all accept PayPal now. And, uh, I think that's pretty cool. I, I, you know, I know a lot of people's had problems with PayPal in the past, but I really haven't heard anything recently. Have you? Uh, you hear it every now and again. The problem is if you, if you, like all of these things, if you breach their policies, they reserve the right to kind of steamroll over you. Um, but you know, most people are, most people don't have the problem. I, I think they have more problem getting paid with it rather than, um, spending it. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I still, you know, it, it. Of course, we're still what six, seven weeks away from Christmas. I think right now is the perfect time to stop or to start Christmas shopping. And uh, there's a lot of really cool stuff coming out, David. I know you are still going to buy a fire, correct? I am, though. I'm probably going to hold off from the first first launch. I've got some logistical issues that means that I'm not going to be able to get one on the on day one. 
Um, but I'm, I'm still planning to get one. Um, definitely, uh, probably after Christmas, I'll, I'll, I'll be getting mine. That's kind of what I'm looking at, too. Unless some unexpected windfall falls into my lap, I think I'm going to wait on... Uh, well, I'm not getting an iPad 2. I'm going to wait for the iPad 3. So that'll probably be yeah. next summer-ish. Maybe spring, I don't know. Uh, I definitely want a fire. And while I would like an iPhone 4S, I just... I. As nice as the camera is, and as cool as Siri seems to be, neither one of those are compelling enough reasons for me to drop three hundred bucks on an iPhone 4S when I have an iPhone four. So yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I'm kind of in the same in the same sort of boat, really. You know, obviously, if I broke my phone tomorrow, then I definitely would get a four S instead of another four. But um, you know, it's it's low down it's low down on my list of priorities. The iPad two as well. I've so I just replaced my um, my Wi-Fi iPad with a 3G one for off the refurb store. Yeah. Um, just you know, it was it was really really cheap, I and mean, it was less than I paid for my Wi-Fi 32 gig. And I figured, oh well, you know, I might as well sell the one I have and, and then trade up to one with 3G just because it's handy to have, really. Um, and I'm still perfectly happy with the with the original iPad. I, I don't don't have a compelling reason to go to my iPad 2 at this point. One of the things that would uh, we've always done at my Mac was all of our podcasts are free, David. That includes Tech Fan, the My Mac podcast. Um, geez, what other ones do we have? Pocket Size podcast. We have uh, Everyday Mac support. We have App Minute. So we've got quite a few podcasts that are out there and more joining. And we're going to have some big, big network news about the podcasting here within the next couple weeks. I was going to wait till Macworld Expo, but I'm I decided not to. Um, <laughs> uh, and I have had email in the past saying, how do we support financially the podcast? Um, and, and we really don't have anything set up for anybody to donate. So we've obviously relied upon advertising. And Guy Searle came to me with an idea. He said, why don't we put a link on the website for Amazon and direct listeners to click that link and then buy whatever they would have bought originally on Amazon. Just go through MyMac.com to get to Amazon. And if they do that, we get a small percentage of whatever they buy. So I did that. So anybody Mm -hmm. listening that's, you know, "Eh, I'd like to support the, the network. I know it's expensive to host this many podcasts and serve them up through iTunes on a weekly basis, that's a good way to support MyMac.com. All the money generated through sales of that link will go directly to the network to pay for all the bandwidth costs. So just a little bit of business you have to get through sometimes, David, and uh, I wanted to mention that here on TechFam. And and it's worth sort of reinforcing. It doesn't cost you any extra to, to do that. So, I mean, everyone buys stuff from Amazon. Absolutely. Um, and all, all that happens... Uh, you know, puts a referral fee your way, uh, not particularly large, but nevertheless, they, they give you a, a, a small chunk of scratch for directing people to the Amazon website. So if you want to buy something from Amazon, just go via the MyMac site and you'll be helping us out um, and it won't cost you anything. So um, kind of a win-win situation. Absolutely. It's win-win and win because it allows us to continue to publish this many shows. So just, you know, just a FYI, want us help the show? This show, the MyMac show, App Minute, all those different shows, pocket-sized podcasts, 
click the Amazon link at MyMac.com and you'll be doing us a real solid. So, like I said, David, I'm going to be doing a lot of my shopping online this year. And I, I like going into stores, you know. I liked physically touching stuff and looking at it and deciding, yeah. well, you know, if it's a birthday, my, my son or my daughters would love this or they probably wouldn't like that. You don't get that immediate gratification when you buy online. But I'm I'm starting to really kind of enjoy it, to be honest. Well, we, we buy a lot of stuff through Amazon. We've got an Amazon Prime account, so... As uh, do I. Yeah, so with Prime, you get... Uh, uh, I don't know what... Uh, is, is it free two-day shipping in the US? Yes. Yeah, and here in the, here in the UK, it's free one-day shipping. So literally, order by 3.30 in the afternoon, and you'll have it the following day. Which is a, quite amazing when account. you think about it. It is, and, and you know, the... And for some of the largest items you would imagine, you get that sort of service with Prime. So, you could buy um, everything on Amazon now. I mean, you could buy refrigerators and groceries and, you know, and exactly, not to mention yeah. the books. You could buy yeah. books. And, and so, so I use Amazon Prime a lot, um, and I'm a big eBay user, so I, I always have parcels coming in and out of the house, um, you know, for online stuff as well. And, and I'll always, if we need anything, I'll always go online and look for it first. And, and I'm... You know, maybe I'm a bit of a freeloader, but I'm the sort of guy who will go look around the store, kind of look at products that I might like, and then I'll see how much they are online rather than necessarily buy them there and then I'll just have a pressing need. Um, and there's fairly few things that you, you buy where you actually need to have it right there and then. So are you in a different room than you usually podcast in? Because it sounds very echoey, very... Yeah, unfortunately, the, the normal room I used was not available today. It was full of people doing other work, so... Uh, well, well, we'll handle the difference in audio quality. I'm fine with it. Hopefully, the listeners are, too. Um, before we take our first break, David, there is a uh, story that I kind of wanted to touch on. And Owen Rubin and I talked about it just a little bit last week, but it's significant enough... And the word really isn't getting out there to the consumers well enough yet. So I wanted to spend just a little bit of time here on tech fans to talk about it. And that is, there was a huge flooding in Thailand. And most people probably don't realize that Thailand is huge when it comes to production of hard drives. They account for 40 to 45% of the worldwide hard drive production. That's not just the companies that make the hard drive. That's also all their suppliers. I mean, if you took a a physical hard drive apart, I'm not talking about SSDs. I'm talking about conventional hard drives. You take one of those apart, David, there's a ton of stuff inside those hard drives. And and 40 to 45% of all of them are made in Thailand. Now, what happens, David, is when that big of a production capability goes down, capacity goes down worldwide because of a natural disaster and especially flooding is about the worst it really is um when, when it comes to electronics and water they generally don't mix outside of a submarine so nice. this is a real big problem that consumers and that's pretty much everybody listening to this show they're going to experience extremely larger price hikes across the board for hard drives. So if you go to your local Best Buy or your Apple store or wherever, or even online, and you see a good price for a hard drive and you've been thinking about it, now, I mean right now, is the time to buy. I've talked to yeah. uh, a number of companies 
that both sell hard drives and offer them to companies like mine, Mac Specialist, and they're seeing massive, massive price increases. So I'll give you an example, David. Uh, a, two weeks ago, I could have bought, and I'm giving you, these aren't real world numbers, but I'm just kind of giving you an example. Yeah. Um, I could have bought a 500 gig hard drive as a retailer for right around 70 bucks. Now, these are better hard yeah. drives than the cheapies. The cheapies are even cheap, but we get the good stuff. So about eh, $65, yeah. $70. Same hard drive right now, $159. Now, now companies like Best Buy and Amazon and, and anybody who sells these products, Fry's Electronics, I'm sure there's comparable big box resellers in your neck of the woods. They're, yeah, they're not going to take a loss on selling these, David. Which means uh, I'll tell you. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I am. I am just looking now at um, eBuyer.com, which is one of the. Effectively, it's the UK equivalent of um, Tiger Electronics or um, sure, you know, a Newegg or something like that. They're effectively the the um, the UK equivalent. Now their their hard price their hard drive prices are dramatically bigger than they were. Um. Last time I looked, which which isn't that long ago, I'm I'm seeing one terabyte um, Seagate drives here for 140 pounds. Now those were that's that's literally 50 percent more than they were uh, last time I bought a drive. Uh, these are uh, dramatically dramatically bigger. There is no there is no terabyte drives here, internal drives that are under 100 pounds. The only way you're going to get a good price right now is if companies like Amazon have a warehouse that they've been sitting on, you know, a month or two's worth of inventory. So I'm at well, Amazon. Even, even then, even then, I suspect you, they, you'll probably see the prices have gone up already. They have a little bit. Something. Yeah, yep. I can't believe that, that somebody like eBuy doesn't have stock, and yet their prices are already up. Yep. Um, because most retailers are going to want to try and insulate themselves from, sh- from shortages. Um, you know they're going to have to be they're going to have to be paying more now to buy drives because that supply has already been cut off. So they're going to want to bring their prices up now, even for stuff they bought cheaper, so that their cash flow balances out. Yep. So keep that in mind for those of you who either you're thinking about buying an internal or an external hard drive, or you've been thinking about I kind of want a new Mac or I want a new PC, but maybe I'll hold off see if there's any sales coming up. Uh, because the price of PCs are going to go up, too, with the price of those components going up. So keep okay. that in mind. Prices will be going up. Now, it's not going to be... I think it's going to take around maybe a quarter or two. So probably next summer, prices will start coming down again. But in the next six months, David, the prices are going to remain quite high for hard drives. And and it's interesting because, you know, at these sorts of prices, immediately it kind of spins the... The purchasing decision between whether you buy a hard drive or an SSD. Oh, absolutely. I wonder if this is. I wonder if this is really going to st- kickstart the SSD market, because um, obviously, you know, the, one of the one of the few, you know, one that SSD is very fast, but it's expensive. Whereas uh, drives tend to be big but cheap. But now they're a lot more expensive, so um, it, you know, it kind of kind of gets you thinking. Well, I could tell you, I can't mention names, but there's an online reseller that uh, I was talking to just this week who 
for them to buy hard drives costs more in the chain now than it does for them to go buy them in retail. So they have been sending out employees with company credit cards to buy as many hard drives as they can in retail, marking them up and selling them on their online store. Because what they can get from their suppliers costs more than what they can buy at retail. Yeah. And they know this is it's just a temporary yeah. thing. That's only because retail hasn't not all the retail ch- ch- uh, chains and stores have have boosted the prices up quite yet. I think they're kind of hoping that it's just a very temporary thing, but it's not. This is going to be <laughs> a long-term you problem. You don't you don't just magically bring back a factory that's been under uh, 8 10 feet of water. No. I mean literally the whole thing is written off at that point. Uh, particularly for precision components like hard drives, it's not like um, it's not like building, you know, big stuff like cars or anything like that. This is, uh, you know, it's 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 clean room stuff. You can't do that when it's uh, when it's been full of muddy water. Yep, uh, I'm looking I, I'm, at I'm, a. I tell you, what, I'm stunned here. I can't see a drive under fifty pounds on on eBay for a hundred twenty gig drive. This is, I mean, it's it's dramatically different. So I'm looking at a computer or a computer world story online, and it says mm-hmm. in the first half of 2011, Thailand accounted for 40 to 45 percent of worldwide hard drive production. As of early November, nearly half of Thailand's production was directly affected by the flooding. While production at some factories were halted due to flooding, the industry also faces work stoppages due to poor access and power outages. The full extent of the damage to the hard drive industry. And factories will not be known until the floodwaters recede. Although it's already clear that there will be a HDD supply shortage into the first quarter of 2012, IDC stated. So, yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It's not just that that particular factory might be flooded, but people can't get to work because there's flooding everywhere, and then there's yeah. rolling power outages, and so. Yeah. I, I, it's it's amazing that one country can aco- can accommodate so much of the hard drive production for the world because you kind of assume it's all in China and, and elsewhere, you know, um, you know Taiwan and places like that, and yet for some reason it's all <laughs> so much of it is in Thailand. Uh, they're saying that uh, prices have already increased uh, by more than thirty percent. Now yeah. you may not see that in your local store today. Mm. But you're going to very, very soon. So if you're thinking about buying a hard drive, if you don't have a backup solution in place, buy today. Don't wait. Buy today. Get out there. If you see a decent price on a hard drive, get it today. Because I guarantee you that same hard drive in a week or two is going to be probably 30% more. Regardless yeah. of uh, you know retailers wanting to put stuff on sale they're not going to be able to put this stuff on sale. They're not going to take a huge loss on this. You know, yeah, it's like you say, I'm, I'm all, almost tempted to start looking around for the, you know, some of the cheapest stock and buy it up for resale purposes. Yeah, because, I tell you. Uh, you know, that's going to, that stuff's going to appreciate in value. In fact, looking at some of these prices here, you, if you wanted a one terabyte internal three and a half inch drive for a Mac at the moment, you would be better to go out and buy an external USB two drive and crack it open. Yep, that pull the hard drive out of it. Way of doing it and pull the hard drive out of it than going out and buying a new internal component because the internal components, the prices, prices look like they're already well on the way up. You know, if you want to make some mm-hmm. money, 
uh, and you've got, say, I don't know, $10,000, go out and buy all the hard drives you can right now, sit on them for about mm, a month and a half, and then start yep. doubling your money on eBay. Because <laughs> they're going to go up, no question about it. So with that, Dave, yep. we're going to take our first uh, break here at Tech Fan, and when we come back, we're going to talk about Google and Facebook. Hey, Guy, have you heard about Not Another Mac Podcast? Oh, not another Mac Podcast. Yeah, so you've heard of it then. Heard of what? Not Another Mac Podcast. Gaz, you keep repeating yourself. I'm just telling you the name of the show. No, you don't. You keep telling me about Not Another Mac Podcast. Yep, that's the one. What's the one? Not Another Mac Podcast. Gaz, you nitwit Brit, have have you been drinking? No, you big yank tank. Listen. Not Another Mac Podcast is a roundtable discussion with Mac users and experts from all over the world. Hey, Gaz, we've been on that podcast. Are we experts now? Oh, brother. So, who's on first? What's on second? Third base. Not Another Mac Podcast is part of the My Mac Podcasting Network. You can find us in iTunes by searching for Not Another Mac Podcast or get it through the My Mac Potpourri podcast feed and we're back on tech fan tim robertson david cohen we're talking about facebook and google you know david it wasn't very long ago and of course we're both reading the steve jobs biography i'm kind of reading it a little bit slower than i thought i would it's not that i'm not interested it's just that i'm kind of i'm doing other things at the same time that i would usually be reading this book so, and I, and I honestly, I don't want to hurry through it. I know, you know, 90% of the story, um, can't wait to get to the ending. have no idea how it's going to end. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of taking my time and it's funny reading through the book. Originally Apple, it was Apple versus IBM. Then it was Microsoft versus Apple. And then you jump ahead to now. And it's really not. There is some Google versus Apple thing going on in iOS and Android, but they also work together. I think that the big, I don't know, rivalry, if you will, is shaping up to be, and Microsoft's not even a player in any of these markets anymore, so it's like, meh, who cares? Um, It's really Google versus Facebook. It's the social eyeballs. That's where... I think, anyways, the next big rivalry is going to come from. Yeah, and, and the, the weird thing about both of those is that, is that it's not what it appears to be because it's actually not social media versus social media. It's not even search versus social media. It's actually online advertising versus online advertising. Well, that's why I said it's eyeballs. They're, yeah. they're competing for your eyeballs. Google wants you to live in Google Plus and get your news there. And meet your friends there and chat so they can put some advertising there and make money. Facebook is exactly the same way. They want you to stay on Facebook, checking your friend's status, uh, updating your own status, maybe watching a, a funny video of cats fighting a dog or you know some video that somebody else has posted. But, oh, by the way, there's advertising there. And I always get the impression with Facebook, with them, it's not just about the advertising. They seem to be doing much more mining of the data and reselling of the data that 
that you provide than, than Google does. I know Google minds it as well, but Google minds it so they can give you different ads, whereas Facebook actually seems to have a business model means if they can sell your data to somebody, they're quite happy to do that. Yeah, your your Skype. Yeah, I would, but your Skype's going to crap real quick. So why don't you quit Skype and come back in, and I'll okay. hold the fort while you do that. You call me back. Okay. And that's the problem with uh, Skype. Wow, it got really quiet here, didn't it? You know, I like both myself. Um, I use Facebook a lot more than I do Google Plus. Uh, I'm not saying I dislike Google Plus, but at least as far as I could tell, Google Plus right now is either tech nerds, which granted I am one, or it's kind of PR companies that, you know, as a publisher, I probably see this more than most of you, but it's companies that are posting their press releases up there and trying to befriend me there. So I'll check out their latest iOS game. That's that sort of thing. I see that all the time on Google plus I'm not seeing it quite honestly on Facebook uh, I'm not getting friend requests from PR companies for you know whatever the latest hottest game on iOS is Angry Birds or the new uh, Gangstar or whatever from Gameloft I'm just not seeing it on Facebook but I am seeing it on Google plus so to me it kind of begs the question where should I be investing my time if any of those places? And that's kind of the conversation that I'd like to have with David, and we'll see if uh, he gets his Skype sorted out. He just went offline, and I'm sure he is... Uh, he told me to cut the video, by the way. See, the, the problem is he can see me on Skype because I've got my video camera running, but I can't see him. It's just a still picture. I wonder if he's using a, my, a Mac or his iPad. So I'm going to uh, accept. I'm going to kill my video on uh, David's request. And how are you there? Are you still there, David? I'm still here. Is that better? Yeah, it sounds a little better. Yeah, maybe it was my video. Are you on your iPad or are you on your computer? No, I'm, I'm on my computer, but it's a Windows computer. It appears to go crazy for a minute. Yeah, it happens. Even Macs go crazy when it comes to using Skype. So what I was just saying, David, was I'm getting a lot more... PR companies joining Google Plus and trying to friend me there, and i.e. trying to you know get the word out as a publisher they want me to try their latest iOS game and and yeah. download it and talk about it. And I'm not seeing any of that on Facebook. No, but um, somebody did comment to me the other day that they feel that that Facebook Facebook has become very. For, for, as a general user, has become very commercialised, and that they constantly, you know, as an end user, they constantly getting stuff thrown at them, um, you know, saying, "Oh, sign up for this service," or, or you know, "Have you considered buying this, that, or the other?" And, and they they felt it was it was becoming quite obtrusive. I would agree with that. Uh, by the same token, look, we're social creatures. We just are. Uh, there's a few loners out there. Um, but most loners aren't loners because they choose to be. It's because they just don't have the social skills that allow them to, to make friends and, and make small talk and stuff like that. But for the most part, we're social creatures. We like to talk to each other. We like to share stuff with each other. And the Internet is a perfect place to do that, to find like-minded people, whether it's political, religious, hobby, whatever, and talk to your like-minded people. That's kind of what 
Google Plus is more so than Facebook. Facebook, initially anyways, was it's your friends. These are the people that you know. And it's yeah. a place to hang out online and share stuff back and forth and talk and that sort of thing. But I think Facebook has lost a little bit of their identity, what it's really about. Uh, I watched uh, a partial interview with Mark Zuckerberg just recently. And he was trying to explain, you know, the direction of Facebook and what they're trying to implement. And look, I'm a hardcore geek, David, you know. Yeah. And I didn't know what the hell he was talking about. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. sitting there listening going, what What the hell are you talking about, dude? I, it, what you're describing is not Facebook. I think I think one of the problems I think Facebook has always had is has been Mark Zuckerberg himself. You know, he, he I, I, you were talking about the Steve Jobs uh, biography before, and I've heard somebody say recently that whereas Jobs was a visionary, somebody like Bill Gates was a huge opportunist. Yep. And and I think Zuckerberg is the same thing. He's a, he was a huge, you know, he he saw the potential for Facebook. I know there's all the wranglings over how it got started and who 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 had an idea for what and who stole what and what have you. But uh, Zuckerberg came out, you know, with the spoils at the end of that. But but uh, he he definitely capitalized on what he saw rather than came up with it all himself. I think the difficulty Facebook has now is that as he continues to lead the company, he doesn't have a direction for where he wants it to go. So it's it's taking the scattergun approach, um, which is, funnily enough, is something that Google was trying up until a few years ago and they've become more focused of late. You know, but I, I always think if you compare both of them to Twitter, which has always been very, very focused on exactly what it wants to do and how it wants to work and and in some ways has been very slow to adopt new capabilities and new new options for the service and the the core of the products which is 140 character messages is still there right in the middle of it um and and you know twitter is now turning into something that that is becoming much more useful as they gradually add bits and pieces on but it still retains its core identity if you would have had it slipped into a coma three years ago and you're a Facebook and a Twitter user, and you just came out of it today, and you jumped on your Facebook and your Twitter, you would have no problem at all using Twitter. It's It seems very familiar. It's It looks a little different, but it's pretty much the same thing, whereas Facebook is radically different. Yeah. And you would be almost lost using it. Like, what the I, hell? I, I must admit, every time I... I as you know, I, I use Facebook infrequently, but every time I go on there, I, I, that's exactly my experience. I just I don't understand what on earth is going on. The whole thing is is such a mess. Um, you know, this is so busy, and and when you want to try and want to do something, trying to find where to go just to do it is very very difficult. And and that's one of the things that's always put me off Facebook really. Um, you know, and and as you say, we're kind of you know we're the Git users. We're uh, maybe we're overthinking it maybe uh you know we're, we're trying to configure things and 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 people who are, who just aren't interested in fiddling around with it just kind of go with the flow i don't know actually those who go with the flow see an even worse layout in facebook than i do because when i see a new game pop up and some of my friends start playing it i immediately hide that game yeah. all posts from that app that game don't show up in my feed most people don't do that. So when I look at somebody else's feed, they're literally scrolling screen after screen after screen to find actual content, something that someone posted, rather than, oh, so-and-so just you know built a new house in Farmville or you know 
it, it gets really cluttery and not very useful to me. Uh, but by the same token, uh, Facebook has kind of become the the standard when it comes to looking for someone online. Give you a prime example. Just this Tuesday, a person sends me an email via Facebook and a friend request. And it says, not sure if you remember me or not from elementary school, Tim, but we used to be friends. Did a search for you on Facebook and Viola. And quite honestly, I didn't remember this person at all. He, yeah. he, he didn't look familiar, period. And I thought, I have no idea. In fact, I called Julie at home. Yeah. And I read her the message, and she goes, do you know him? And I said, you know what? I, I, he says we went to elementary school together, and we used to be friends. I don't have the best memory. Uh, what's your name again? David. <laughs> and, you know, especially going back to elementary school, I mean, that was, what, 30 years ago? Yeah. I, I, my memory is just not that great. However, I still remember the people that were my friends, you know? But yeah. this person, there was just no memory at all. And the only reason I did eventually remember him is I looked in a yearbook that I actually had posted online and found his picture there. And I went, oh, yeah, I kind of remember him now. But still, just kind of. But yeah. if it wasn't for Facebook, and you, this is good or bad, depending, you know, this guy could be a, a serial killer and, <laughs> you know. Um, but if it wasn't for Facebook, I never would have found that person again. And I've told the story about... Um, a girl that I dated in junior high who was a foreign exchange student from Italy that after she left, I never heard from her again. That was, you know, 25, 30 years ago. And then we found, she found me or I found her on Facebook yeah. and our, our friends on Facebook again. Now, usually I don't look at her posts cause they're all in Italian and I can't read Italian. Um, but it's still, it's somebody that I know I can see pictures of them you know, over the last couple of years, it's kind of neat. I really kind of like it. And and that was, you remember a few years ago, everyone was, was going crazy for Friends Reunited. Yeah. Uh, and that was principally why, because people wanted to know, oh, you know, that, that those friends I had or that girl I dated, that guy I dated, uh, I wonder what they're doing now. And Facebook has that kind of, taken that and kind of supplanted I mean who, who is Friends Reunited anymore because you can normally find all that information on Facebook. That's right and for those reasons I like Facebook better even though Mark Zuckerberg kind of is eh, you know he, he's trying to explain what Facebook is and what it's going to become and it seems kind of muddled to me um, it is what it is and more I think the users drive what Facebook is more than Mark Zuckerberg drives what Facebook is. Yeah. Um, because you've seen in the past where the, the users became outraged because of a change, they quickly move back the other way. They're like, oop, sorry. Google, on the other hand, I don't know what their identity is. They want me to use Google+. They want me to use Gmail+. They want me to use spreadsheets and word processing, and they want me to use search. They want me to use their websites to look at the news. But there's no identity there. What is Google? You know what I mean? It's, yeah. not, it's none of those things by themselves. It's a lot of other things. 
And I think that's the biggest problem with Google is they do a lot of things, but they don't do any one thing great, including search. I think their search is actually getting worse. Yeah. I, I, I so, so be inclined to agree. It's not as good as it used to be. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I find, I mean, I'm a Gmail user. I route all my mail through, through Google mail. Um, so I'm a big Gmail user, though I don't tend to use their interface. I tend to IMAP in via other clients. Um, not really a Google Documents user very much. Uh, I'd rather do that locally. Um, Google Plus, I have an account, but the problem with Google Plus is a little bit empty. There's not many people there at the moment, which kind of, you know, I, I mean, there's, there's a bit of a chicken and egg thing with a, with a, a social service. And, and certainly people are trying to get onto it. But the difficulty I have with Google Plus is that I'm already a big Twitter user, and Google Plus kind of replicates a lot of the Twitter experience. And I don't want to manage that in two places. And I, I, don't, I certainly don't want to integrate them together, so because then it becomes too much, you know. Um, I, I kind of like Google Plus, I don't hate it. The problem is I keep forgetting to use it, and then when I go, oh yeah, I, you know, let's let's say I'll give you a prime example. Later today, I'll have this episode edited together and posted online. And usually, the first thing I do after I have that done, I'll jump on Twitter and post a link. I'll jump on Facebook and post a link. If I remember, I'll do the same thing for Google Plus. Yeah, but I don't always remember, so literally one of three tech fans are promoted on Google plus, but honestly, we would probably get more listeners through Google plus because that core demographic really is in alignment of the topics we talk about on this show. Yeah. But I just, I forget about it. Well, that, well, that, that kind of goes back to my point is it's, is yet another thing you have to do. Um, and you're kind of right. You know, once you're, if you're third or fourth in the list in terms of people's priorities, that it makes it difficult to grow. Um, I mean, who knows? Maybe Google Plus will get will grow over time and will become bigger than Twitter, bigger than Facebook, um, and will become the default choice, the one you go to first. I, I mean, it's it's hard to tell what what kind of drives those mechanics. But, I, I wouldn't even you know. I wouldn't even hazard a guess myself. It's it's because, it, who because, knows? Yeah, because again, go back to your hypothetical about three years in a coma i mean maybe a little bit longer but if you just said to somebody five years ago oh don't, don't bother getting yourself a myspace account before long nobody's going to be using it people would have gone don't be stupid everybody uses myspace yeah and yet you know now it's kind of like a big empty dungeon myspace nowadays full of kind of like decaying corpses of of people's pages I mean, it really, uh, it really is, uh, it really is sad. It is. My uh, last post on MySpace was find me on Facebook. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and then, of you course, know. I would say there, the, another big one launched a year ago, got a lot of press, and absolutely nobody uses that. And that's Apple's Ping, which is part of iTunes. Yeah, absolutely a dud. I don't think anybody could question that it's a complete failure. Yeah, and and they had a huge captive market I mean it couldn't be more easy to use Ping because everyone who used iTunes had it right there and yet even with that kind of you know Trojan horse to the desktop it didn't happen No, I think that something like Ping would work if they integrate it in with Facebook or even Twitter but I think when it comes to social 
sites. I think there's room for two. I don't think there's room for three or four. I really don't. I think people are willing to go up to and use Twitter. And I think people are, are, are able and willing to go use Facebook. But for an average person, they go up and they post something on Twitter and they jump over to Facebook and see what's going on. Maybe they'll post something longer there or a funny video or they upload pictures of the kids. And then they start browsing the net. They're not then going to go and replicate what they've just done on yet another site that most of their friends don't use. So I think there's room for two. I don't think there's room for three. But getting back to my original question or what I wanted to talk about when it comes to Google and Facebook is, which one do you trust, David? Which one do you think is more trustworthy in the long term of you putting pictures online, you using their whatever, their apps, if you will, yeah. Uh, wh- which one do you trust? Do you trust Google that they're not going to sell your information, that the user experience is first and foremost, and that they're going to be here for the long term? Or would you trust Facebook to hold your your family photos and, and to respect your privacy and not to sell your information to every advertiser and, and credit card company out there? I do not trust Facebook. No. I do not trust it at all. I, I, I frequently tell my wife, and this is kind of a standing joke in my house, I say, if you put pictures of our children on Facebook, then in five years' time you'll be walking down the street and you'll see a billboard with our pictures on. But do you honestly you believe that? I do. I, I, I think... Can, you, can fa- you give me one example of that ever happening with Facebook? I, no, I can't. But uh, I believe Facebook's actions over time in terms of privacy is that... They view privacy as a necessary evil, um, as something they have to pay lip service to. And I believe they constantly, you know, they, they've made privacy so difficult in their in their user interface. And I think they've done that deliberately because they want privacy to be something they, they you know, they notionally sign up to. But actually, they're much more interested in you inadvertently authorizing them to do all sorts of things with the data. Because I, I think they see their users' personal data as part of their assets. Well, of course they do. I yeah. mean, Apple feels exactly the same way when they're advertising that they hold 50 million credit cards oh. as part of iTunes. Yeah, but the, the difference is that I think that companies like Apple and to an extent Google, though, you know, Google, it's, it's a little bit muddy, um, but certainly, you know, definitely with Facebook. Um, the, the difference is that you can have look at it about owning a house yeah you can have you can have a house and that's an asset that's something you own now you can borrow money against that house by putting it up to collateral you can you can rent the house out and have people pay you to use it yeah or you can sell the house lock stock and barrel to somebody else and take the money I think those are all different degrees of what you do with that asset. And I think Facebook's attitude is it's an asset. It's, it's there purely to, to be resold at the time that's convenient for them. Um, whereas I believe companies like, certainly companies like Apple, but, um, and, and to some degree Google, recognize that holding on to and keeping the asset is better for them in the long term than just selling it to the highest bidder. 
and and I, I think Google, uh, particularly, they've made some mistakes in this this area in the past where they've overly integrated. But I think Google recognises that the core of their business, which is advertising, is better served by them retaining some control of the asset uh, and, you know, keeping the asset on their side. Whereas I think Facebook is, think uh, I think their attitude is, well, who cares if we upset some people because they'll leave, but there's always another sucker around the corner. I, I think it, it, it literally comes down to the level of respect they have for, for their customer. Uh, and but whose customer? The, the, we'll see, but I don't think that we're the customer of Facebook or Google. I think no, the I, advertisers I, no, I are their customers. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. But I think. Um, Which, by the way, is why I'm not concerned about Apple because I am Apple's customer. You yeah, are Apple's I, customer. I, th- I think the difference is that um, the, the users of the service are a route to their customers. And I think that Facebook's route to their customers has less respect for the people who use their service than, than perhaps Google's does. It could be. That's just, that's just my opinion. I, I, who the hell knows what happens in the board meetings? I, I, mean, I, haven't, I haven't made up my mind either way, honestly. I, I like both services. I like both companies to a certain extent. Um, I don't trust them as much as I do even Microsoft. I trust Microsoft more than I do Google or uh, Facebook. But in today's day and age, I think both Google and to a lesser extent Facebook are necessary, excuse me, necessary evils in this online world. Uh, people need a place to congregate, and Facebook is the default place to do so right now, uh, second to Twitter, because you can't really have conversations on Twitter. And I like the conversations, and you, you can't yeah. really do that on Twitter. Uh, you can you can have conversations on Twitter. They're just very bad conversations. Very yes, exactly. Yeah, um, you can do it on Google Plus, but it's, it hasn't hit a critical mass yet, really. But I would love to hear what the listeners out there think. What, where do you come down? Who do you trust? Who do you don't trust in the tech world? Do you trust Facebook? Do you trust Google? How about Apple? Microsoft? We're curious to hear your thoughts. You can send us email, feedback at mymac.com, feedback at mymac.com, or leave an audio message at 1-801-938-5559. You know who I'd love to hear from? I'd love to hear from uh, Scott Wilsey. Yeah. I'd like to hear his thoughts on it. Of course, Scott Wilsey is from Pocket Size Podcast, so... Maybe we'll get audio feedback from Scott next week, and we can play it here on the show, because I'm kind of curious on his perspective. Uh, Scott's is, by the way, let's talk a little bit about the other shows before we take our last break and, uh, and talk about our last subject, which is a, is a technology podcast. We have to talk about this because it's major news this week. But before we hit the uh, commercial break, uh, we've got some big, big news happening in the MyMac Podcasting Network. And that's App Minute. Now, App Minute's been around for a long time, and it's been hosted by Sam Levin pretty much exclusively the whole time. I've done maybe one or two episodes of it. Um, A couple other people have contributed, but it's been pretty much Sam Levin. That's changing, David. A good friend of ours, John Nemirovsky, John Nemo, is taking over um, the majority of the podcasting duties at 
at minute. We're going to change the logo. We're going to change the website somewhat. Right now, it's just kind of a MyMac clone. And the reason for that is I own the app minute. So <laughs> it was less work for me. Um, yeah. But, you know, Sam has never been critical of products or anything. He always just talked about whatever he thought was cool. And I think for App Minute to grow and mature, we need someone in there that's going to be critical of products. He's not going to just pick the cool products. He's going to tell people what's worth buying and what's not worth buying. And uh, Nemo brings a lot of integrity, a lot of enthusiasm. And I really, truly am looking forward to hearing what John Nemo does with App Minute. Yeah, it should be really cool. I think it, he's, he's been knocking out of the park on segments on Pocket Size Podcast. And so I think it's time for Nemo to step up to the big mic and be the host. So at minute will be his playground. So make sure you check that out. The first episode will go live next week of the new at minute. Of course, we also have pocket size podcast and um, consistently a great show. Scott has really come into his own. I'm really I've always enjoyed that show, but he's only getting better. That show is just really getting better. It's he's. He's coming into his own as a podcaster, and I tell new podcasters that it's going to take you six months before you find out what your show's really about. You may think you know when you first start, but you really don't. Um, but eventually, you will know. The show will become what it is, and uh, Pocket Size Podcast is, has kind of gone beyond that tipping point now, David, and it's one of my favorite shows. And Definitely. I love his quirky sense of humor as well. I love it, too. I love it, too. And uh, so if you guys aren't listening to Pocket Size Podcast, uh, make sure you do. And by the way, all the shows that we're talking about, you could find links to them at MyMac.com. <clears throat> Excuse me. Right underneath Support MyMac, you'll find a whole bunch of logos. And we also have in the network, of course, the MyMac Podcasting Network. We have the MyMac Podcast, and that's Guy and Gaz. What more can you say? I mean, it's they have so much fun recording that show, David. Uh, recently known as those two windbags, I believe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we also have Everyday Mac Support, um, which is uh, not another Mac podcast from Mark Greentree. Uh, I, you know, he brings a different perspective. I like the roundtable discussions that they have. Yeah, uh, And the newest show, of course, is the Mac Specialist podcast, um, Frank and Kevin at Mac Specialist. This last one that uh, I was just listening to, episode number three, I mean, it's three episodes into it. It's bi-weekly, so twice a month you get to hear a new episode. They're talking about the difference between having cable in your house, i.e. television programming, and alternate methods of, of getting that content. And... I thought they were going to talk about should you put a Mac Mini in or an Apple TV in your living room. But it's actually not about that. And it was um, a really good conversation. Definitely people go out there and check that out. And again, find it on MyMac.com and click the link. It'll take you into iTunes and subscribe. You can also get all these shows on Stitcher. So let's take a quick break. David, we'll be right back and talk about mm, something. It says it might be 512. Hey, but the phones are not always compatible. They haven't done anything with it yet, but there's definitely a lot of Everybody here that watches this, I guess, probably not. We're going to get a text phone call. It's not going to change any differences to the thickness because they're going to be using the same glass that is used. Shut up already. Please shut up. If you so wish. Huh. 
Are you tired of podcasts that just babble on and on the same old, tired old news that you can read on the web over and over and over for an hour and a half? Me too. We don't do news. We don't do an hour and a half. We're pocket-sized podcast. We're iPhone, iPod, iPad, and Apple TV, and we're short. We're about half an hour to 30 minutes. Wait, we're about 30 minutes to 40 minutes. We're about half an hour to 40 minutes. We're one of those. Anyway, we're short. We're pocket-sized podcast, and we're available on MyMac.com. Can you say MyMac.com? Thank you. Last segment's going to be a short one here. Tim Robertson, David Cohen. David, big news of the week. And I'm, I was kind of surprised to see it, but I'm also not surprised. Adobe is abandoning development on mobile Flash. And it's only a matter of time before they give it up on the desktop as well. They've kind of well, said they are yeah. doing that. Uh, so that's kind of it. Certainly, is, is implied by by their statement. I, I know a lot of people are saying, "Oh, it's still uh, desktop flash is still there and it's not going anywhere." But basically, uh, you know, Adobe's statement said HTML5 is just as good for this sort of thing. So why should we bother developing Flash? And you know, you extend that to the extreme, and desktop flash will go away as well. well. They've been they've been arguing with Apple for almost four years about. It's not the true internet on your iOS device, on your iPhone, if you can't see Flash. And all the Android makers out there agreed with Adobe and supported Flash. And if you loaded a website with Flash on your Android or HP Touchpad or Nook or whatever, whatever... Boy, you'd see that battery go down quickly. <laughs> well, not only that, I, I, you know, see, I always would have had much more sympathy for the Adobe point of view if Flash had worked well on mobile devices, but yep. it didn't. No, nope. not only did it drain the battery, but it just it was clunky. It was it's never stuttery. worked good on the desktop, David. It's yeah. always every single time my web browser starts getting a little bogged down and it seems unresponsive. It's always a, a site that I, had Flash on it that I visited, you know, 20 clicks ago, and it's just blog, it, hogging the memory and a quick, you know, quit and relaunch, and everything's great until I hit another Flash site that's just flashes everywhere. I, 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 it's always struck me with Flash. What I've never understood is uh, here I am. I'm on a broadband connection. I've got high speed. You know, I've got more internet than 10 years ago department of defense had coming into my house absolutely I go to a flash website i'm using a, a computer that that is faster than god yeah, it's yeah? A, it's a, I, it is literally a supercomputer. exactly yeah and and i click on a flash website and i i watch 20 seconds while it it you know scrolls up from naught to 100 percent as loading like i'm in like i'm in jurassic park the movie yep i mean you you look at it and you think what the hell is it doing and of course what a rich experience do you get as a result of that? You get a menu that moves around from a restaurant <laughs> website. Or, you know, and you're yeah. thinking, this looks like the sort of thing that you could have knocked up in an, on an Apple II in an afternoon. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, it's always been ridiculous. And, and yeah, I, I've, never, I've never really got it, to be honest. I've, I've never really seen the particular appeal. And, and it does seem to be restaurant websites who love that flash. Oh, they did, didn't they? <laughs> you know? Um but uh, but yeah, I I I understand a lot of people like the flash games, but 
um, and a lot of people like to watch Flash video and then the restaurants like their Flash websites, but it's never been that big for me. And, um, yeah, I've never really missed it, to be honest. In fact, I run a plug-in on my Mac that actually turns it off. Um, well, my, my, yeah. uh, my thoughts are, are fairly simple. It's, uh, and I think a lot of people would probably agree with the sentiment, David. Good riddance to bad rubbish. Well, except it's not quite gone, is it? No. <laughs> it's kind of, it will be. the death of a thousand yes. cuts. We, we uh, at least know that, that the, the, the devil that is Flash, and I, and I don't put Adobe in there. I mean, do, do, I, I like Adobe as a company. They do a lot of right things. Although they, that's an, it's, oh, boy, I tell you, that we, we have to spend an episode talking about Adobe. Maybe we'll get some Adobe people on the show because Adobe is talking about their, their direction is going to be advertising online. And wow, really? You're, you're not yeah. about tools for the creative professional anymore, huh? No, that's just kind of yeah, bizarre, really. It is. I don't know. What, what, that's a company what, that has no idea what they are anymore. Speaking speaking of which, what did surprise me is Adobe make this great announcement that they're dumping Mobile Flash, and what happens then? Rim say, "Oh yeah, but we we're, we're going to continue doing it for the Black for the BlackBerry Playbook." They are just. Are, <laughs> have you like, ever heard of a more? Cl- how do these guys that run Rim have a job? Seriously. They should be the they should be managers at McDonald's at the most. Yeah, it's just it's ridiculous. It's they need to be booted out of there and bring someone into Rim that has a little bit of vision that understands what the users actually want and how to be competitive in a marketplace that's not just yours to dominate anymore. You have actual competition. It's just it's ridiculous, and and you know it's it, for the for rim it's for rim stockholders it's tragic, because it's really starting to affect the rest of their business now, you know rim rim stocks in the toilet their products aren't doing well, and they had such a huge opportunity to become the business iPad, you know arrogance arrogance yeah. combined with ignorance it's a yeah. deadly combination David. Enterprises would have lapped it up if they'd have done effectively something that was like the iPad but was very business-focused and gave everything that the enterprise wanted in terms of security and applications. They should have just I mean, teamed up with Microsoft and done it right, but no. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, tell me that wouldn't have been a powerful... It's, it's, it's Microsoft Office plus their email client from Realm in a mobile device. It yeah. would have, they, would have, they would have knocked it out of the park, but... What do I know? So with that, we're going to wrap up episode number 55 of Tech Fan. We will be back. Uh, are you back next week as well, David? I'm here next week, yeah. Awesome, me too. So uh, maybe we'll, we'll find somebody else to join us next week. might be a, a nice time for a nice three-way conversation. We haven't done that in yeah, a little while. Might might be fun. So with that, we're going to wrap up this episode. Again, we'd love to hear back from you guys. Feedback at MyMac.com. If you'd rather leave us a voice message, you can call 1-801-938-5559. And remember to click the Amazon banner at MyMac.com. Buy whatever you're going to buy normally, but that way, yeah, you know, we get to wet our beak a little bit. We can, we can pay some of the bills and keep the lights on. So with that, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.